Hey, praise God, we're live now. Now, thank you very much for joining. It's a wonderful time uh, to be in God's presence. Uh, just set, uh, settling a few more, more things. I think we, we should be good now. Okay. Yes, uh, welcome everybody joining us. So can we have, um, okay. Okay, Sister Elizabeth, uh, can you lead us in opening prayers? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening, ma. Okay, sir. Let okay. us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for making us able to come together again this evening to learn more about your word. We pray that you minister through the teacher this evening. And we also pray that this word will be meaningful to us and it will work for each and every one of us. We pray for the grace to be able to apply it in our daily lives. We pray that these words will not work against us on the day of judgment. Thank you because you have answered our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Everybody for joining. Uh, we are going to the book of Daniel. It's actually the revelations of, of, the, of, the, um, of the Old Testament. It's got a number of things uh, embedded in it. Um, aside the book of, uh, well, the book of, uh, Enoch is not canonized. Uh, there's no other book that talks about the rankings of angels in the Bible uh, or talks about the resurrection of the dead as much as that. I mean, like Daniel. Daniel gave us those, those things. So it's a delight for me to actually be talking about the book of Daniel today. And for those of us who've been uh, following my teachings for years, you know, Revelation is one of my favorite topics, uh, and uh, there's no way you can do Revelation well uh, without Daniel, because Daniel, Daniel and Revelation, in fact, in, in, in seminaries, Daniel and Revelation are taught together as one course. So it's so it's a it's a privilege, a huge privilege. I, I mean, I'm excited to do. It. So let's just go straight. Uh, we start with the memory scripture. Uh, and the memory scripture is quite uh, um, instructive, and that's why I want us to start from there. It says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Um, we need to understand, I mean, we, a number of us, a number of Christians quote that second part, but we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know that um, uh, it's actually a warning <laughs> rather than a, uh, it's a warning. I don't go against the covenant. 
Uh, and I think that's a very good place to start from. Uh, one of our fathers in the Lord, uh, I mean, like I said, I think we said it last week, that those of us who are close to some of these, our fathers, we have the privilege of, of, um, of, of getting close to them and getting some, some um, how do I, how do I, I, what's the best word to use now? A privilege to get some insights, some 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 things, some some tutelage that you can't get in school. Uh, and uh, one of my one of our fathers in the Lord was talking. They were just talking about how praised uh, some of their friends have been, how the Lord has helped them. And they they now issued a warning that uh, uh, that people that are against so and so person. They said it in Yoruba, and I will, I will, I will, I will say it then. Uh, maybe I will, I, will, I will interpret it after. Mama Fori saw that that man is so great that God has helped him. And if you're against him, because he's a man that is graced, don't use your head to knock <laughs> the grace of God upon his life. Uh, don't go against the covenant. If there's anything you would gain from this lesson, don't go against the covenant. Don't go against it. This, this, this is this goes. Maybe I should start from marriage. Uh, I remember a movie by Mount Zion, uh, "Busy but Guilty." I wouldn't know how many people have seen that movie. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, I hope I'm audible. Online. Church, I hope. Yes, yes, I can, we can hear you, sir. Okay. Um, busy but guilty. A woman was so busy doing the work of God and left her husband um, unattended. What really struck me in that uh, in that movie was what the the Lord now appeared to her. What the Lord told her: You have you have gone beyond your boundaries. As much as God is using you, and God is, I mean, your husband seemed to be the local champion in quotes, but the woman was the one traveling, getting invitations here. She left the home, she left the covenant of the home. Don't, don't break the covenant, don't go against the covenant. Don't hit your head against grace on people's lives. Ministers or no ministers. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a lesson. I want us to take out from this uh, uh, teaching today, church, and God will bless us in Jesus' name. Okay, can let's the introduction has three paragraphs, so uh, let's 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 share it. Uh, mommy will read paragraph one. Sister Elizabeth will read paragraph two. Uh, I don't know, Tola or or Femi, do you have the pamphlet with you? I can read paragraph three. Let's move on. Don't have the pamphlet. Don't have the pamphlet. I'll read it. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Do you have the pamphlet? Okay, so mommy, mommy, we start paragraph. Like, um, about six and a half. It's not to be 
Now, this is a very, very good. Uh, I mean, we could see it was in civil service for uh, about three kings or four kings. Uh, Daniel was in civil service. We'll talk about that later when we we're having a discussion. Uh, Sister Elizabeth, paragraph two. The language of the book is partly Hebrew and partly a dialect of Aramaic, which has been called Chaldean or Biblical Aramaic. The Aramaic is always the same as that which is found in portions of Ezra. The book isn't intended to give an account of Daniel's life. No wonder it says nothing about his lineage or age. It also recounts just few of the events of his long career. It also doesn't aim to fully account for the history of Israel during the exile in Babylon. Instead, it shows how the God of heaven controls and directs the forces of nature and the history of nations by his providential guidance, miraculous interventions, foreknowledge and immense power to accomplish his eternal redemptive plan for his servants and people. Thank you very much. Uh, what that is telling us is uh, it was uh, it was is likely going to be a contemporary of Ezra because it was, it was the language they were speaking around that time. Uh, and then the book was not focused on Daniel. The book was not. That's why it didn't tell us his origin or his age or anything. It was focused on God's uh, 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 supernatural providence. God being the ruler of all, God being the master planner. It wasn't even focused on the activities of the Israelites uh, in Babylon at that time. So it was a specific book, unlike Esther or Ezra or Nehemiah, focusing on the rebuilding uh, the temple, rebuilding the wall, or the activities that were happening to the Israelites uh, during the reign of King Persia. So Daniel is quite different. Um, so that's, let me read paragraph three. God is revealed in the book of Daniel as the ultimate sovereign God, Yahweh. He had severally warned his people, Judah, but they chose to reject his words and directives, treating them with reckless abandonment. God, who would not also condone sin, Give them up to their enemies. The Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar utterly devastated their land and the temple, took them captive out of promise, out of the promised land to a strange land of the enemies. This caused God's enemies to believe their gods had power over the God of Israel. Daniel and his friends found themselves among the captives taken to Babylon but they carried Yahweh with them, thus enabling them to stand on their feet, even when 
there were temptations to compromise their faith. Their godly decisions did not only deliver them from God's enemies, but the God of Israel was proclaimed and seen as the supreme sovereign God even among the Gentiles. It's very instructive uh, because we've looked at, uh, last week we talked about why we, when God knows that he's still going to punish the Gentiles for punishing his people, why will he allow his people to fall into their hands in the first place? We talked about that uh, last week because uh, the Bible says even the evil person is created, the wicked man is created for the day of evil, for punishment. We talked about that last week. However, uh, the, the God, I mean, the people of, of Babylon believed that their gods were more, were more powerful than the God of Israel. And overall, we could see, I mean, if you do missions, if you do any course on missions, you will, you will love, you will just love God. You could see mission, you could even see mission in the, in the, in the whole activity. Uh, uh, God, the, God made his name to be taken to, to Babylon. That when uh, uh, the three Hebrew boys were to be born in the fiery furnace, even the king, king himself, the king recognized the fourth man in the furnace. This person looked like the son of God. Declared, make a proclamation that nobody should worship any other God except the God uh, of these three people. Uh, when, when Daniel was thrown in, 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 in the lion's den, the king of Persia then, Belteshazzar, I think, well, when he saw that he was not he was not consumed, he made he gave a, a, a declaration that nobody this the, the, there's only one God in the whole world in the whole universe the God of Daniel. So God knows how to make His will come to pass in whatever situation. So even in the captivity, in the punishment of His people, He took His name Babylon. And what do we learn? Maybe let's let's have a few people contribute. What do we learn now uh, about this? This Daniel and Co were teenagers when they got to Babylon. What do we learn about training, child training? I read something uh, maybe on on social media that your kids following you to church, your kids following you to Bible study is not optional. You force them to school. A lot of times, children wake up in the morning and they will tell you, Daddy, I don't want to go to school today. Why don't you say, ah, okay, it's not my fault. You force them to school. Why can't you force them to church? So people need to understand that child training in the way of the Lord is not negotiable. It's not a, what's the right word to use? It's not, it's not trial by error. You must train them in the way of the Lord. Compose really, especially this day and age, that uh, God help us. God help us with this, with, with, with what's going on in this day and age. So if you can force your kids to school and they say they don't want to go to school and you force them not to only go to school, you force them not to go late to school. How much more church? So what other lessons can we learn from these kids that took Yahweh with them to the strange land? Who wants to contribute?
Who wants to contribute? Raise your hand. Or you want to say something? What other lessons? Anybody? Let's have one or two people contribute. Oh, yeah, now. Our mommies that are training kids. No, I was not saying that. Okay, mommy, I know any call. I grammar lay in. Our mommy won't be. Yes, ma. Well, I'm talking to the mommies, not the grammars. <laughs> oh, yeah, mommies that are still training children. Grandma has finished. Grandma is grandma is uh, grandma's duty now is to spoil our grandchildren. It is our duty to train the children. <laughs> okay, mommy, what do you have to say? You are still the ones training children. I still the ones forcing your children to go to school. Now it is us that are going giving uh, gift to grandma. Okay, let's go. There's this saying that um, Muslims do say, uh, people do say generally that you see a three-year-old Muslim, a Muslim child that can read the Quran offhand and can say some things in how much more we Christians. So this is just a pointer towards that. Whatever we want our children to become in future, whatever mm -hmm. steps we want them to take, it is we that we enforce it. Mm -hmm. My pastor said that if we can force our children to school, how much more churches, like the children class, let's imbibe things in them. At least a two-year-old that can ask mommy that, mommy, I want this, I want that, I want to go to this, should be able to memorize some things in the Bible, all those church shorts, Bible passage, like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, even if it is at that, um, uh, for God so loved the world, uh, and he gave us all those short, short things. By the time the child starts growing, the child will have amassed a whole lot of knowledge from the Bible, and it won't be as if they are forcing. I, I, I told my husband something one day, we went to a church, so I wanted to eat myself in the restroom. Alas, I met a guy there. He should be in secondary school, SS3 or thereabouts. He was in the toilet, working on his phone seriously. It was not even the male toilet now, the female toilet. I was not like, what are you doing there? He said, I'm bored. How can you be bored in the church? Here you get. So I just pray that God will help us to train these children in the way of the Lord. So that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Hallelujah. That's uh, that's where you came from, uh, Sister Elizabeth is a teacher, and I think she has she teaches even in, uh, she has secondary school and all those teenagers under her. Okay, I'll take you uh, Tola, but I just want us to maybe I should take Tola. Then while Sister Elizabeth is thinking about this question, uh, how do we, especially these teenagers? Because in, I mean, this is what we should seriously. How do we make it to them? Okay, we'll come back to Sister Elizabeth for that question. Tola, uh, please unmute yourself. You have the floor. Okay. 
Uh, good evening, sir. Good evening. Yes. So, uh, it's just a challenge to not just the parents, but also to, to the church, um, uh, what's it called now? We are looking, it's breaking. Hello? Okay. Yeah, it's better now. It's better now, yeah. Okay. Uh, can yeah. you hear me better now? Better. That's clearer now. Yes, it's better now. Okay, all right. So, uh, it's, it's a challenge to the church. What structures are we putting in place for the children's department, the teens' department? And uh, look, let's look at, okay, school, for example. Discover that school has a structure. School has a structure that they are following. There are things, there are activities that are engaging, that engage that. So for each age group, for each levels, for each uh, uh, class, so they have different uh, structures, different activities, different curriculums. So uh, the churches of nowadays as well, we need to adapt to this. We need to bring up structure, curriculum, activities that will really engage these children at each level, at each age group. So this will as well make it interesting and make it encouraging for the children and uh, they will Thank love, they will be looking I, I, forward. I, I, and I think we got uh, most of what you're saying. Yeah, but the issue is this. Um, we, we got some children Sunday school manual for our kids in church. And to my surprise, that manual was so rich. As in, I never like I was I, I, I was I was I was I was interested in becoming a children teacher because of the manual. I mean structure is there, at least in Christ Apostolic Church that I know. The structure, these manuals are there, these activities are there. But let's take it to our local church now. We're a youth church, we're going to attract these kids. So how do we get them engaged? Uh, Femi, will you speak before Sister Elizabeth? All right, sir. All right, sir. Let me let me do this talk now. Before. I think you already mentioned that she's, uh, she's into the Ministry of uh, Children uh, Teaching. Now, for for the interest, now initially, oh, I think I think the network is bad. You're on come... the road, I guess. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Okay, it's better now. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Okay. Now, initially, I wanted to come in from the perspective of distractions. Hmm. Actions abound in this age, which at some maybe over some years back, like while I was still very small, it was not available. Let's look at the fact that mobile phones and everything that we have now, personally, and the lack of restrictions and you know so many things that has um, you know crept in into this so marvelous advantage uh, that we have now. Then, for me, for me personally, then. It was more of um, a routine. After school, come home, do your assignment, 
at night, my mom will sit me down on the bed. I am to read the Bible until she sleeps off. As in, madam, and then I was not reading it in, maybe I was not reading it in English. I will read it in Yoruba. Till she will sleep off. When I'm cursing, she will correct me and say, no, that's not how to pronounce it. This is how to pronounce it. Till it showed in my school, right? They were like, how are you getting to understand Yoruba with so fluent? And we have not even gotten to some aspect of this thing. Now, I, I, I look at it that then it was like an indirect education. We also must imbibe that. For me, I, I, like for me, you said initially that we, we don't want to force children to do something because sometimes when it comes to religious conversation, like, uh, we want to make them exposed. We don't want to limit their understanding. We don't want to limit their reasoning. And the reality is the world already limits children's reality because the world we educate them in the way of the world so hello you are muted though we don't want to come up and say uh, hello hello can you hear okay, me sir? let's have sister elizabeth there i think uh, we lost him okay go ahead oh we are struggling to hear you, Femi. Maybe when you get to a better a place with a better reception. All right, all right. Hello. Okay, uh, Sister Elizabeth, please help us. Uh, you've heard what they said, uh, and I think one one important thing he said now is that the the mom was involved. The mom was involved. It wasn't a teacher's job, and this is where I even have issues personally. You spent more hours at home with your kids. You not expect the teacher that spend a uh, teacher that comes to church once a week to the school two hours uh, service to take all the other percent responsibility of your child's life. The mom was involved. So uh, let's have you. You are in the in the in the education sector, and you deal with these kids, especially the teenagers. What do you think the church can do to make them carry God with them? wherever they go. Over to you, Ma. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I will start by reading Deuteronomy oh, chapter 6. Hello. Hello, sir. Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Go ahead. Okay. I will start by reading Deuteronomy chapter 6. Okay. okay from uh, um, It's actually from the very beginning when God was commanding Israel. Mm -hmm. Well, I will start from verse, verse 7, um, telling them that teach them to your children. That means his laws. Teach mm. them to your children. Repeat them when you are at home and when you mm. are away, when you are resting and when you are walking. Tie them on your arms and wear them on your foreheads at a, as a reminder. Write them on the mm. dust post of your houses and of your gates. So I will give it to the parents of Daniel. If they have not been nurturing this, uh, his friends and Daniel himself, they will not be able to survive in a strange land. So what the church can do is, um, the church has, has been doing its part right from the past, making um, um, materials available. 
But it's now the main work is for the parents. You know, some of these children don't even get to church to hear this word. And they don't even discuss it in their homes. And this is what the Bible has instructs us to do. So, and it's even getting worse in this age when parents don't even have time for their children because of the kind of work they do. But we'll just keep encouraging them. Because uh, like, like you said, the, the, the Bible, um, the children's section of the church is rich. Look at the kind of manual that they have for the children. But if children don't get to come to church, how will the teachers impact? Now, if the parents can do their part, then the church too should try as much as possible to make sure that the teachers are trained. Because I happen to also be in a church whereby the children's teachers are not disciplined and you cannot give what you don't have. So that is a problem. It got to a time I had to take it upon myself to follow my children to the children's church because I don't want anything to be passed across to them that will be negative. So if you do your part at home as a parent, following the rule of Christ, teaching them, posting it in the doorstep, discussing it, whether you are sleeping, whether on your way, getting to talk to, they should be able to encounter a disciplined and a trained teacher that knows what he or she is doing. So I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So that's my contribution. But the major work lies with the parents. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. Thank you so much. I mean, we cannot, we cannot run away or shy away from this. The major work lies with the parents. The major work lies with the parents. Thank you very much. Let's just go to the discussions. Um, number one, the fact that Daniel was told to shut up the words and seal the book. Uh, this, uh, I don't want to go into too much theological, uh, uh, um, uh, theological uh, arguments. But um, the, Daniel's prophecies were sealed. Uh, and that's be, theologically, that's because it's not the church times. Uh, John's prophecies were not sealed. He was asked to open it up and let everybody read it because it will soon come to pass. So uh, because Daniel's prophecies were sealed because the church age was good. We get to the book of Revelation. Uh, we'll talk about the Daniel, uh, 70, uh, 70 weeks of Daniel and um, what happened. The, the, it, Daniel, from the point where Caesar, I mean, where uh, Cyrus asked the Jews to go and rebuild the temple to the year the Messiah was crucified, was exactly 69 sets of seven years. So that's what was called Daniel's 70 weeks. Uh, Daniel believed that the Messiah will come back after 70 weeks. So the, the Messiah was killed on the 69th week. A, a week is a figurative expression of seven days. So the Messiah ought to have come back seven years after. But what, uh, uh, what happened was, uh, and the devil knows this calendar as well, but the devil didn't understand that the resurrection of Christ will birth the church. So we've been in the church age between, the, between Daniel's 69th week and Daniel's 70th week. So that is why when rapture happens, when the church is harvested from the earth, that last one week, the 70th week, is the seven years reign of Antichrist where lots of things will happen on earth and things like that. So that's just a, a, a brief overview. But you should know that Daniel's 
prophecies were sealed because it's still going to happen. Is a far is happening. Uh, it's going to happen far, far, far ahead. But John's prophecies were not sealed. In fact, the Bible says John, uh, Jesus told John, "Do not seal this word." When you get to the last chapter of Revelation twenty-two, don't seal this word. Let it. Let everybody read it because it will soon happen. The Lord will make us ready for His kingdom in Jesus' name. Number two. Daniel encourages God's people that God will keep his promises to Abraham and David. The Messiah will come. His kingdom will soon fill the entire earth and his saints will rule and reign with him. I need to make this clear as well. Um, a number of people have been misled. Uh, we have some people, some, um, I don't call them churches now, but some religions uh, that theology, Christian theology refers to as pseudo-Christianity. Uh, and one of it is, is Jehovah's Witnesses. They are not Christians. They are referred to as pseudo-Christians. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, before I say, say what they believe in, what is called heresy? Heresy is one of two things. Either a lie mixed with a little bit of truth or the truth mixed with a little bit of lie. <laughs> so that's heresy. If it's absolute lie, it's a lie. It's not heresy. If it's absolute truth, it's the truth. So heresy is lie with a bit of coloration of truth or the truth with a bit of coloration of lie. So Jehovah's Witnesses believe that we're not going to heaven. We're ruling and reigning with Christ here on earth. Now, it's an heresy because it's somewhat true. Because that's what the Bible says, like, like, like we've seen in, 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 in Daniel chapter 7, verse 22 and verse 27 actually talks about that. Well, let me give a brief overview of what's going to happen in the end time. I've done a detailed study of the book of Revelation. You can check my podcast, uh, Talk about that on any of your podcast uh, uh, apps and just go to the book of Revelation. I've done a very comprehensive teaching on this, but let me just do an overview. So when the church is harvested from earth at rapture, Antichrist and the devil, have, they have seven years on earth to do whatever they, I mean, to rule, but God is still the one in charge because all the, all the uh, judgments that are gonna be happening on earth is still God that is still doing it. So at the end of seven years, Jesus will return to this earth with us at that time, when church is harvested, we shall be in the air with the Lord, not in heaven. We shall be with the air. Bibles have said it. It will be cut up and will, will be with the Lord in the air. That's when this, the, the marriage feast of the Lamb will happen. At that time, we've been changed. We are now immortal. So we come back to the earth with Christ after the war of Armageddon, after 70 years. And it will establish a millennial reign on earth. So there's going to be a reign of Christ for 1,000 years on this earth. Now, that millennial reign, there are about three schools of thought. I don't want to get into that. We have that the millennial uh, has happened, or is, we are already in the millennium. Some people believe that it's just a figurative expression, while others believe that it's a real millennium. For 1,000 years, we're going to reign and rule with Christ here on earth. I'm part of the people that believe it's literal 1,000 years. And we're going to reign and rule with him on earth, whereby the devil is 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 changed, and people will be able will be chained in the bottomless pit. People will be able to see 
Christ rule, a total Prince of Peace rule here. At that time, that's why I say that we will sit on thrones with Christ to judge the world. So at that time, that's where the Bible, Jesus said, those who lose, who lost land, who lost houses, brothers, for my sake, will get it back in hundredfold here on earth and in the world to come. So here on earth, those of us who have lost things, who have sacrificed for the gospel, some will be senators, some will be presidents of sections, some will be local government chairmen, if just uh, figurative, if that. But we will rule, we have political positions and rule with Christ as our Lord. After that, 1,000 years are over. The devil is released from his prison. He will still deceive those who were on earth. Uh, I don't, there will still be people on earth, though. There will be, there will be two classes of people on earth. Those of us who came uh, from rapture, immortal, and those who, you know, everybody on earth that will have died uh, at the war of Armageddon. So there will still be mortal people on earth. So the devil will deceive those people. The war of Gog and Magog will happen, and then God will destroy all of them. That is when we now go to heaven. That is when the dead appear before the great white throne of God to be judged. And whosoever's name is already in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. So Jehovah's Witnesses that say that we're not going to heaven, we're ruling and reigning with Christ on earth, they are somewhat right. But after that 1,000 years, we will go to heaven and Christ, this world will be no more. That's when the new world and the new heaven will come so we'll be with God forever so that is uh what the book of revelations made us to understand so so that you don't get confused uh, uh on that number two point number two that says that his saints will reign with him and that the government that the kingdom of Christ will fill the entire earth yes it will happen but when Jehovah's Witnesses read this scripture for you, and they are saying that there's no heaven, we're not going to heaven, everybody is going to be here on earth. Make them see the truth. I hope we got something. Let's just take a few more so that I can take contributions and comments before we close. Daniel's teachings on angels and the resurrection are more detailed than elsewhere in the Old Testament. He peculiarly attributed names, ranks, functions to them as to resurrection. Uh, Daniel had an amazing, in fact, he, he, he was the first that mentioned the name of angels in the Old Testament, aside the book of Enoch, which was not canonized. And so people can criticize that. Uh, but yes, even angels were like friends. Uh, when we get to the book of Revelation, there's a particular place that some scholars believe that it was Daniel that came as a messenger to John at that time. As I said, I'm like your you and your brethren. Uh, but when we get there, I'll, I'll come back here. So there are so much interaction with angels that people believe that in John, I mean, in, in the revelation of John, he also appeared to John. Uh, but let's just go ahead. Uh, the book portrays the kingdom of God as an everlasting one, unlike the kingdom of men, like those in Daniel. Also a kingdom is coming that will totally put an end to the kingdom of men, second coming and reign of Christ, which I've just explained. Uh, what can New Testament Christians 
learned from how young but well-nurtured Daniel refused to sacrifice his eternal destiny upon the altar of gentle king's delicacies. Over to you. What can we learn from Daniel's refusal? Young people, what can we learn from Daniel's refusal? What are those things? What are those kings meet? Mm. Mm. Seeking admission, employment, job transfers, promotions, and all that. So that's what I can liken it to. Asking us to order to in exchange for it for all those juicy offers. So. How about the men? Are we not? It, it seems men are. Are we not? Are we not endangered? <laughs> uh, is it is it a free is it a free lunch for men? Yes. People don't know. Yeah. 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 Men are sexually assaulted. Yeah. A lot of female bosses through advances to the men. Mm. And when they refuse, it is the same with women, but it's just that the women own is so obvious. We have people fighting for us. Any sports like that, ah, a boss is trying to, but men are more endangered in that area. And we don't know. Thank you very much. So from a legal perspective, you can see, and it is real, it is real. So, um, and you may be, you may be, you may be persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for standing for the truth, and not just in the place of work. Sorry to say this about work. Thank you very much. Even in the church, you could be persecuted in the church for standing for the truth. Is that not an irony? God help us. The president of Christ Apostolic Church said at last year's pastors' conference was saying that we should stand for the truth. And he said, he stood for the truth, even though he suffered, though, <laughs> even though he suffered for it too. But look at him today. And for young ministers like us, who, who, who we can see at last that even though standing for the truth may make you suffer, at least there is, we can see someone who ended up well. We can see it. It's an, it was an encouragement. Don't think that, especially in the church, don't think that when you when you stand for the truth, that things will be all right. To don't think that when you when you stand for the truth, they will want to. Uh, what, what is it called? They will. Everybody it should be his church. Everybody everybody needs to know. Everybody should know that his church and it is the truth. Don't think that. It's, you may even be devoted in the church, as in that's the sterility. But they're supposed to stand for the truth, and that is that kind of a thing is more painful 
How can we help our past? Let's close on this one. Because I have a case like that on my hand. How can we help such past? Because it's it's more painful when you know that the leader knows the truth and he's not saying it. At times the, the, the stab is not is not what pains you, it's who who, 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 who did you know, like are you? Like it's not sound. But what should we do when saying the truth that may cost a life, for instance, religious issues or standing as a witness? What standing as a witness is a is a legal is a legal thing. Uh, I mean, just if you if you lie on that oath, you are you are you can be you that's perjury. Okay, seven years. Just I won't thought it's longer than that. So if you can risk seven years in jail, you can go and lie on the witness stand. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. Uh, but uh, for standing for the truth, when it may cost your life, I mean, God is the one that can protect. God is the one that protects. God is the one. What if you just you tell the lie and you get out and make jam you? God forbid, God jam the person. So I mean. Uh, uh, Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He was telling them that if you kill me, it's an advantage. If I am I'm alive, if I'm an, it's an advantage. Anything you do is, is Christ. So we need to get to that point. And also, we need to make people understand that this one, no, he will tell the truth. Oh. I was in a rehearsal sometimes ago, a couple of days ago. It was a sectional rehearsal, uh, and the central leadership were saying that make sure all the people doing the other sectionally, make sure that it's only people that come for the other that will rope at the general one. So someone who is supposed to be one of the leaders came up, came out, came for the first time and said, uh, when they asked that, who, 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 uh, who are the people that came for the other, that he will raise his hand. I told him to his face, just pray that I'm not around. When they ask that, if I'm around, it's me. That we cover you. It is me that will say you are a liar. They laughed about it. But the guy has known that hey, this boy doesn't operate that so that before the big one comes, when the small, small ones are coming, let them know that this I'm not part of you people. No, if I'm there, you raise your hand, I will raise my hand and say it's a lie. When they know, hey, that one is just Riaza. They won't bring the one that will cost my life or cost my promotion. They will have known by now. And I told all of them, ah, sorry, that is how I am. I don't, I don't judge people my leaders. I will say the truth anywhere. But it is a, is a subtle way of telling them that don't bring, <laughs> when you get to a new place of work, don't tell them that you are a Christian. You say, I am a Christian. I don't smoke, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't gossip, I don't backbite. When? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't want to, it's a big program. 
I didn't attend the meeting. I was doing something. I didn't attend the school because second rehearsal. So I think they wrote names of people that came for years. So at each start of the program for the three days, they do give them money. So one woman was not like, ah, be a work guy. They suffer from why we are and she bear money so that they can give you money. So I was not like, how much? Five hundred. <laughs> And so because of 500 naira, I should sacrifice my my integrity on the on the pattern of um, deception. I said, am I worried, man? Is it working? Because I, I was like, I got home, I was thinking that 500 naira. <laughs> I knew how much it took me from school down to then going back and forth. So let's just show ourselves that we are people of integrity. That wherever we are, let them know. You no, know, before they used to say, I want to let them know that you are that issue, that you can't reduce your standard for anything. Other uh, contribution. Attendance. Okay. Legal advice for criminals. A whole mm. lot of times have been offered money. Uh, okay, please help us change the advice. Mm. You know, I'll be the one to type this for my boss before she takes and anything I whatever I type is what my boss will say. She doesn't, but she was like I used to say, she was the only one that recommended me for law. That okay, this one is she already knows this thing. So imagine if I was greedy, uh, maybe by then I would have been using because the biggest small god, or I don't know that small, small guest, big god, you know. The civil service, be car like that, <laughs> not knowing that there are some things I'm doing behind. <laughs> Bankers, they will change zeros. Even civil servants, you want to submit a proposal, you have to change fifty thousand to five hundred thousand because you know nobody's going to vet it. That they trust you. Why not let that trust be trust indeed instead of sacrificing it on the daily daily uh, throne? Pray God we are Amen. So there are still people who, who are honest, who will, be, who will be straightforward. Don't think you are alone. They are still, when Elijah thought he was alone, thought there are 7,000 others who have not bowed. But you are not alone. I need, to, I need to tell you that. I need to encourage someone. You are not alone. There are loads of people, there are clouds of witnesses who would stand and say, no, this guy stood for the truth. God will help us in Jesus' name. Do you have any other contribution before we conclude? Okay, uh, let's just. Uh, okay, yeah, question. Yes. Good evening, sir. Good evening, ma. I want to ask if uh, everybody in, in standing for the truth and everybody is is uh, encouraging you to stay to stand for the truth. And not, uh, let me say, not unique strength, but you feel like you don't even have the strength. So, everybody is encouraging you. Hello? You are breaking up. I'm, I'm okay. I said, I said, hello? what if. Hello, sir. Yeah, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. Okay. Okay. I said, uh, what maybe if you can, pressure? if you can hear us, you can type your questions because. I'm finding it difficult to pick your words. Okay. Okay, yes. Better now. It's better now. Okay. I said in a situation whereby uh, you are finding it difficult to, to gather your strength to stay 
in the midst of where the where the truth is not being uplifted or where the truth is not where speaking of speaking the truth is not encouraged is not encouraging so and you want to leave the place you don't want to stay in that place and everybody is encouraging you to 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 keep uh, putting your head inside that don't worry don't worry everything will be fine and you know deep within yourself that you don't have the strength again what can you do uh, well number one the Bible says God will never put more on you than you can as because he's the designer I mean the designer of a house except a quack designer will not put more load on the on the platform, I'll be uh, Jerry is not here. How do they do it on the column? Then the, the designer knows that ah, I designed that house, he can carry it, put it there, he can go for stories. I designed the house, I designed the foundation. So, God, who is a master designer, number one, knows what you can bear. So, and there's no coincidence with God. So, if God has put you somewhere, it's because you can bear whatever it is, it's not going to be easy. For instance, Jesus told them, told the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't tell that there will be storms in, in between. There was storm in between. But he told you, they promised, let us cross to the other side. You will get to the other side. Even though the storm may look as if he wants to baptize your boat, but Jesus has told you, let us get to the other side. So that's fact number one. Number two, light is not appreciated during the day. Or where there's floodlight, your touch light cannot be a, a touch light now in this well lit room is not appreciated. Your headlamp, the headlamp of your car, is not appreciated during the day, 12 noon, when the sun is shining. The light is most appreciated in the deepest of darkness. The little lights that you, that you put like this is more appreciated. So, in my own opinion, there are other people that are also looking for boldness to know that they are not alone. That it may be your strength. It may be you're not giving up. You just discover that that truth spreads like wildfire. But like I said, that's what I do and works for me. From afar, I let people know that I don't cheat. I don't add to figures. I will expose you. I know not that I want, not that I want, I will put you in public. I will put your, if you send me a voice, if you send me uh, WhatsApp, I will screenshot it and put it in the public. So they know, they don't come to this one for, I will, I will say it out. So don't come and, if you talk to me about, you talk bad to me about someone, I will call the person, call you, put it on speaker, put it on conference call. Hey, Sister Lagbaja said this about you. Oh yeah, tell her. It will, uh -huh. So next time you know that you don't come to me for with gossips and things like that. It helps me put people at harm's length. They know that this one, oh, you don't take things like this to them. You don't. You cannot bring a deal to me for me to change figures at work. You can't. I will. I will expose you. They know from big from big. If I small small things, I'm already exposing you. For instance, I will tell ah. When you are not here, we, we said something behind you. Uh, this was all you said. It may be like joke. Everybody laughs about it, but it passes a message to everybody that uh, this one, this one, this one. Everybody that uh, the whole world go here. It helps me so that temp the temptation will not even come. Let alone trying to overcome the temptation. But at that beginning, it 
always very difficult. I shared a story uh, uh, last week, and I will share it. Uh, among, I was in, I remember my, my hundred level. Right from secondary school, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't cheat in exam, don't talk to anybody in exam. So when I got to university, hundred level, the very first test that we would do, you know, nobody knows anybody. And I was a, I was a social guy, I was an happening guy. So they thought that I was one of them. So one guy sat beside me. The guy was begging me, ah, please. It was just, you know, the way Yoruba uh, emotional blackmail. Your life will not spoil. Your future will not. Yeah, I begging. Please tell me what's the answer to this. It was so difficult for me. But I knew that all I need to do is to just survive this once. He will become my evangelist. Ah, that one, don't go and say, hey, that one. But if, if I could fail that one, Ah, it will be difficult. Subsequent ones will be difficult. So as much as his pressure was on me, as much as his pressure was on me, I kept quiet. I just, I just, I don't talk in the exam. I just did my hand. I just, I, I finished the test. It came after the test. Ah, you are wicked. You are this. I'm sorry. I don't talk to people during the exam. There's nothing you can say that will make me talk to you. That was the last. I went in the same department till we got to 500 level. Nobody. Nobody will brought that temptation close to me again. So it, it, the first one, the first standing by the truth, that's the, that's the biggest uh, uh, temptation that you need to withstand. If you can come out of that, trust me, you will now have, and I have a conglomerate that where, when I'm sitting now, and I've got to a time in, in, in my, my class, that when I'm sitting, people that don't want to talk to people will come and sit around me because they know that, hey, this, those ones, just listen. If there were those was only corporate. So we became a clique of non-cooperative, <laughs> non-cooperative people. So that, that, that's it. Uh, you may be the light that is needed in that team. You may be the light. Oh, you just need to ask for God is strength. Uh, ask for strength because and just acknowledge that God cannot put something on you that you cannot get. The fact that it's coming to you means you, you have the strength, you have the stamina to bear it. God will help us in Jesus' name. God will help us, all everyone going through one thing or the other, in their places of work, uh, in church, in your business. Uh, the Lord will give you the stamina to pull through. You will not give up on Christ in Jesus' name. Do you have any other question before Grandma prays for us? Any other question or contribution or comments? Either on Facebook or... Uh, on Zoom. Okay. Uh, Mommy Tayo, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, can you please close the meeting for us, Ma? Grandma, are you there, Ma? Okay, I think. Uh, you are muted, I'm going to mouth the answer. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I hear you now. Bye, Uncle. Can you hear me now? Yes, eh? ma'am. Yes, ma yes okay. we can hear you, ma'am. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father and our Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the words of truth. 
that you have spoken to our hearts. Father, Hello, mommy. To us, to always stand for the truth. Oh, uh, network has gone. Uh, apologies. Wow, we we'll have loved to have mommy close the meeting for us. Uh, but let me just share a word of prayers. Uh, I don't know if she's going to join us back. Let me just share a word of prayers uh, as we close. Uh, thank you very much. We are about, about two minutes behind schedule. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word that you've spoken to us. Father, I ask for strength. Whatever, whenever, whatever we're going through, I ask for strength. We know that you cannot put more on us than we can bear. Wherever we've been hurt by, by the people that are supposed to protect us, we ask that you heal. In the name of Jesus, was a healing in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, make us to stand by you. Make us to take God with us wherever we go. In the name of Jesus, make us true ambassadors. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, thank you very much. Uh, for those of us in Abuja, we'll see you on Saturday for evangelism, eight o'clock, and then uh, Sunday service, eight a.m. Uh, as well. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. All our first-timers, those of joining us for the first time, thank you. Uh, we meet here every Wednesday, 7 to 8. Uh, please do make it a date with us next week. Uh, drop your comments, uh, drop your feedbacks. Let's have your feedbacks as well. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening and enjoy your night. Bye. <laughs>